I think the attention of the entire world is focused on the Middle East at this point in time. We decided that today and maybe for the next several podcasts, Pastor Chris Berg and I would step aside from our first steps of Christian faith discussion we've been having, although really it won't step aside from it. It will just be a a trail branching off of it as we discuss the issues in the Middle East, the land issue of ownership, and how that fits in with the Word of God and the plan of God so that we can better understand it. We're encouraging one another, and we're hoping that this will be helpful to you as well. Chris, thank you for coming back today. I'm happy to be here and looking forward to this discussion. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's just first get a picture of geography for the benefit of ourselves and those that are listening to us. So Israel, I heard recently described as I live, we live, both live in the state of Louisiana, both from other states, but we live here now. And you could put four Israels inside the state of Louisiana just to give us a sort of a sense of how big it is. And then the Gaza Strip, which is on the the southwest corner of Israel, is a tiny little piece of land about five or so miles wide and maybe about 25 miles north and south. And then the West Bank is on the east side of Israel, but the west side of the Jordan River. And both of those are what people now call Palestine, but we're going to dig into that. And let me just go ahead and say that right above Israel, if you were looking at Israel on the map, just immediately to its north is both Lebanon and then Syria. And then Jordan is on the other side of the West Bank. And then beyond that is Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Did I I get that right? Yeah. Saudi Arabia is right there. It's I'm looking at the map that you have on the wall, and in between Israel and Iraq is Jordan. Is the Jordan? Yeah. yeah. So a small land area, and yet it is so talked about. It is on the news. It it the whole world is paying attention to that small plot of land. So when we speak of the Israelites and Israel, which today is referred to as the Jewish population, mm-hmm. where do the Jews come from? How do they come into existence? So the both the Arabs and the Jews would correctly say that, that they come from Abraham. And, and for Israel, you have Abraham, and then comes, comes Isaac, and then... Isaac has Jacob, and when you look into Genesis, there there comes a point in Jacob's life where God says, you're not Jacob anymore, I've renamed you Israel. And so when we hear terms like the Israelites or the children of Israel, that's literal. It's the descendants of Jacob whom God said, you're no longer Jacob, now you're Israel. And, and Jacob had a, a number of sons he had 12 of them, and we hear the term, and we'll see the term, the 12 tribes of Israel. That's really the 12 sons of Jacob, who was renamed Israel, and then each of his sons 
develop a tribe, uh, a clan came from each son. But that's where the term Israelites come from history. And how do the Arabs fit into that? What part did they play as offspring of Abraham? Or how did they come about to be separate from the children of Jacob? Abraham and his wife, Sarah, had a really bad idea. And the idea, Sarah not being able to bear children, said, Hey, Abraham, why don't you have sexual relations with my maid? She's of age, and then if she gets pregnant, because she's my maid, my servant, my slave, it'll be like the child is mine. And Abraham said, okay. And that was just a really bad idea. And what happened was, is that Hagar, who was Sarah's handmaid, her servant, she had a son named Ishmael. And and the Arabs, they're the descendants of Abraham through Ishmael, whereas Israel is the descendants of Abraham through Isaac. And I think that the scripture refers to the children that came through Sarah, who was called Sari before she became Sarah. Mm-hmm. When After Hagar gave birth to Ishmael, then she became pregnant, just as God had promised Abraham would happen. Yeah, about 12 years later. Yeah. Yeah, which was a surprise because she was 90 at the time. And, and that caught him off guard, but it shouldn't have. God said it was going to happen, and then it did, but it just didn't happen in God's time. But yes, Hagar had Ishmael, and, and Sarah eventually had Isaac, and, and Abraham loved both sons. But bad ideas often lead to bad consequences, and there was constant friction between, between Hagar and Sarah and between and between Isaac and Ishmael, there would be conflict as well. And so Sarah demanded that, that Hagar and Ishmael leave the, the family unit and strike out on their own. And, and that's what happened. And God blessed Hagar and made some promises to her concerning Ishmael and his descendant. Right. And I think sometimes, I think all the time in Scripture, even though God did make some promises to Hagar, which he delivered on, mm-hmm. Uh, and continues to deliver on, but Isaac is actually called the child of promise, the child of faith, that Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He believed even though he was way past fathering children and Sarah was way past and barren as well, having children, God said, you will have a child, and Abraham believed that. Yes. Part of this, what why Isaac and not Ishmael? In Scripture, in the book of Genesis, it records that was God's choice. It was kind of like Abraham. This was Ishmael's a result of your human effort, but the child of promise, the miracle child, is Isaac. And we know it's through Isaac as well because you'll hear things like per, perhaps you've heard of the Abrahamic covenant. God right. made a covenant with Abraham, and it was about the land, the seed, and the blessing. That same promise is made to Isaac. And so that shows that in this line, Isaac's the next one. First, God made it to Abraham, and then later he made that same covenant with Isaac. And then he made that same covenant again with Jacob, whom he renamed Israel. So that shows that the line from of promise or the line of the covenant 
that God made with Abraham that it went eventually. Yeah, and I think it's important for us to note for believers and non-believers alike that Isaac was not a more important person than Ishmael. And God is sovereign. Ishmael didn't just happen. It was a part of God's sovereign will that it occur, or it would not have occurred at all. But God has a chosen people, and they are through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You and I are not a part of God's chosen family. We, we are what the Jews refer to as Gentiles, and God had a plan for us. But we we can't claim to be a part of the the physical descendants of Abraham either. It wouldn't that be correct? My people weren't there. Yeah, when God made the covenant, and then later even established it in the giving of the law, and the Israelites they agreed to follow God's law and to abide by that. My people weren't there, and so I'm not a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, yeah. and Jacob. And I just think it's important for us to have in mind and to share with others that we're not talking about uh, one person or one group of persons being better than someone else. All of us, as we've said over and over in our discussion in the basic first steps of Christianity, all of us have sinned and fallen short. We all are far short of God's holiness, and and the only hope for us is in Christ Jesus, no matter who we descended from. That's correct. Yeah, I think people make a mistake, and I'm sure I've been guilty of this as well. When we look at Old Testament people, we tend to make them heroes, and it gives the impression that that they were they were God's person, or or they were chosen by God because of how wonderful they were that they earned God's favor by their righteousness. If you read through the book of Genesis, you you say, wow, Abraham was not an inherently righteous individual. Jacob was a stinker. He was a scoundrel. <laughs> That's why God renamed him, is that J- Jacob meant heel grabber. Yeah. He's a guy who would trip you up. Yeah. And he was really good at being deceptive. You don't go through that and say he he chose Jacob over Esau because because Jacob uh, was a better guy. He earned it. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, when you go through Romans, Paul points out about talking about God's sovereign choice. Before they were born, God said, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. There's nothing that those two had done uh, to earn God's choice or to disqualify themselves from being chosen by God. It was God's sovereign choice before they were born, before they could do anything. Jacob I favored, Esau I I disfavored. If that's a word, I think I just might have made up a word. <laughs> that's all right. We can we have the license to make up words in this podcast. I do it all the time. I think now we could take this very basic thumbnail sketch of what we've looked at and bring it forward to the land dispute. (laughs) It just comes to my mind as I'm saying this as an attorney and as a judge, I've, I've 
been involved in many disputes over land, and they're always uh, some of, if not the most difficult things to deal with. And certainly that's true in the, in the Middle East. So God designated to Abraham and his descendants a piece of land that would belong to them, and he surveyed it by his description of that it it started at the Mediterranean and it went to Euphrates River and yeah gave, gave that physical markers and so when we talk about a friend of mine who I greatly respect who happens to be an Arab he's from Jordan he was telling me a couple of days ago he was very upset about the war and what he saw as the overreaching of the Israelite or the Jews. But he was telling me how this, if you know the truth, you'll understand that British, the British really caused this problem for how they began to divide up the Middle East following World War One, and then there was further work on that between then and World War Two, and then at the end of World War Two is the creation of Israel, but Israel had existed long before any of that happened. And if we wanted to go back and look at who occupied the land, God gave it, and God had the right to give it. God gave it to the Israelites, but it there were other people that they had to drive out, and those people may very well have taken it from somebody else. We don't have we don't have that history in front of us, but there's nobody that can make that claim that, oh, we were the original occupiers of that land who currently still exist as a people. That's right. It, the Bible mentions the Canaanites, and then sometimes it, it narrows it down to even more specific people groups within the land of Canaan. Those folks and their descendants don't exist anymore. They were conquered and destroyed by ancient empires. And so the argument isn't before Israel came from Egypt to to come into the land and conquered it, what about the people who are already there? Shouldn't that land belong to them? They don't exist. Yeah. So that's not what this argument is about. It's between the the Arabs and the Israelites, both of whom are descendants of Abraham, to whom the original promise of the land was given. The Arabs would say it, the the promise continued through Ishmael. And the Israelites would say, no, the promise continued through Isaac. <clears throat> That's the, the ancient disagreement uh, concerning who does the land belong to. Okay. I think that would be a great place to stop. There's certainly a lot more we need to say about that. But for this first discussion, just to summarize, if I can, we're recognizing that the battle that is going on today is one that has gone on since the birth, as Chris talked about earlier, of Ishmael and Isaac and the dispute between them as to who owns what and who has the right to what, and that's come forward to this day. And it certainly wasn't created, even though the British were involved in the division of those things, I think, is a part of the was that called the League of Nations then, I think, maybe? After World War One, the League of Nations. Yeah, and those designations of what countries are there and what their names are and all of that started then, but the problem goes way, way back behind that. So 
thank you so much for listening. I hope this has been encouraging and helpful. We're going to continue this discussion and go deeper into these issues. We're helping each other to learn, and we hope that we're helping you as well. God bless you.